Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. Today's episode is brought to you by the Clinical Contact Lens and Myopia Care channel with three-year clinical trial of low-concentration atropine for myopia progression LAMP study, continued versus washout. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Dave Kading, our topical editor, Dr. Andrew Pucker, and our topical expert, Dr. Maria Liu. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the American Academy of Optometry Foundation Clinical Podcast Series. My name is David Kading. I practice up in Seattle, Washington. I'm the host of the Myopia Podcast, and I'm excited to be joined by my good friend, Dr. Maria Liu. How are you today, Doc? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you uh, practice, where you research, and what you're all up to. Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Maria Liu. I'm an associate professor at UC Berkeley School of Optometry. I'm the chief and a founder of the Myopia Control Clinic here. And I spend about 40% of my time doing clinical research and investigating the um, efficacies and safeties of a variety of anti-myopia treatments. And I also um, work in the Myopia Control Clinic every Saturday. The rest of my time is spent on didactic teaching in topics such as pharmacology and evidence-based optometry. Yeah, well, I, I, I love the diversity that you have. And so I think you're really someone who can speak both clinically as well as from a research perspective in a really good way about the LAMP study that has been going on for a really long time. And they've been uh, releasing some some incredible data. Yam was uh, the, the key author on this. And this study that we're going to be reviewing is the three-year clinical trial of low concentration atropine for myopia progression, uh, the continued versus washout. And such important topic here, right? You remember when uh, when the first Adam study came out and we were like, oh no, there's this huge rebound effect with mm-hmm. atropine and there was this big fear. So this study looked into this a lot more. So tell us a little bit about the topic and give us about a 30 second overview of this paper. Absolutely. So atropine in very diluted concentration has been so widely used in recent years for myopia control. However, um, you know, in the, um, with some like a raised concerns. Number one, there is currently no clear guideline regarding the optimal window for the treatment. For example, what's the youngest age to start and for how long? Does atropine offer sustained a controlling effect beyond the first couple of years of treatment? Is there any apparent dose response effect and also a sustainable effect where everybody can be maintained at a lower concentration after the initial couple of years? So for those who have been on low dose atropine for multiple years, what are the criteria for the discontinuation of the treatment? And is there a benefit to taper? So all of these are so clinically relevant and important questions. And I believe this study attempted to answer some of those questions. Yeah, yeah. So so hit on a couple of the key findings of this paper and uh, how we might be able to find them clinically relevant. I think there are three main key findings to this paper. Number one, um, the anti-myopia efficacy and the progression after cessation of the treatment are both um, dose dependent. 
And number two, Lodo's atropine offers sustained anti-myopia efficacy, uh, which is significantly better than discontinuation in the third year um, uh, after treatment initiation. So there are some uh, statistically and clinically significant difference um, in terms of different treatment groups. But uh, I think in the interest of time, I'm not sure how much details you want me to get I into. Know. We could talk about this for a long time. Statistically yeah. significant rebound effects. What, uh, what did, are we concerned about rebound? Yeah, so this is a very, very important finding that rebound is dependent on both atropine concentration and patient's age. The lower the treatment concentration and the older the uh, subject's age, the smaller the difference in myoprogression uh, before and after treatment cessation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about age, about the treatment and uh, the rebound effect? How did age uh, affect this? So certainly, um, if the uh, subjects in the younger age range um, at the third year, if we discontinue the treatment, there's a stronger rebound effect. However, I do have to say that um, there are two separate components to this faster progression in younger age um, after treatment discontinuation. The first part is certainly about rebound meaning the younger we start using, um, the younger the age of the patient uh, for which the treatment started, the more likely we're seeing the receptors uh, showing this adaptive response, meaning atropine as a very potent anti-muscarinic. The earlier we start pouring those anti-muscarinic to the body and the younger the patient, the more likely the body is adapting to this you know, the overwhelming amount of anti-muscarinic. So all of a sudden, if you quit the treatment in a cold turkey, the body showed a heightened or hypersensitivity response of their muscarinic receptors. So this itself may be age dependent. But another thing is if the treatment, you know, started at a younger age, we will likely see some natural progression and so is that related to the rebound or is just a natural continuous progression at three, year three? That's what I'm wondering, right? I mean, that just mm -hmm. makes sense. If you've got two age groups, the younger ones are gonna likely progress more as they're fast progressors than the older group. And so looking at those two subgroups, but, you know, I, I guess I'll ask that question of you. The manuscript actually suggested a tapering effect. Do you see um, sufficient evidence that we need to be tapering this medication for our patients? I personally, I'm a strong advocate for tapering. And my philosophy, which is supported by this paper, is that um, the higher the concentration we use, the more conservative we need to taper or design the tapering schedule. Because the higher the concentration we use, the more likely we're seeing this hypersensitivity of the muscarinic receptors. It's kind of like when we use steroid, the higher the concentration and the longer the duration of a steroid treatment, the more likely we're seeing rebound inflammation and the more necessity for tapering. So concentration is number one, concentration slash duration. Number two is the um, patient's age. The younger the patient, the um, more likely they were showing continuous progression 
And so the more conservative, we need to consider treatment discontinuation. So we may need to keep them um, on the treatment for a longer period of time, and we want to take them out. We want to do it slowly. Some interesting perspectives, obviously some more information uh, that, uh, that really helps us in, in clinic with how we're dealing with our patients. Closing thoughts, anything else that you think we should take away from this particular publication? Uh, my takeaway message, number one, if we start someone at usually those um, who started myopia at a younger age, we need to be very careful and not prematurely uh, taking them out from the myopia control treatment. Number two, considering the potential huge benefit of tapering and the minimal side effects of tapering, I would like for us to consider conservatively, like a slowly um, reducing both the concentration and the frequency of atropine treatment rather than just quit cold turkey. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, the reality is that most people who stop doing myopia management don't always tell their doctor, they just may choose to go somewhere else. And so it brings up a clinical discussion of having with our patients when they start atropine is that, hey, when you stop using this medication, whether we decide together in a year or later on in the future, you need to make sure you do it under close supervision of uh, an eye care provider who can make sure that the taper is appropriate in stopping the medication. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very interesting perspectives. Thank you for joining us for the episode. It was great to have you. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us for the American Academy of Optometry Foundation Clinical Podcast Series. Make sure to like and subscribe, and uh, we'll see you again next time for more meaningful, clinically relevant podcasts from the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. And a special thanks to CooperVision for their educational grant to make it all happen. Thank you.